You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Arkansas's turning the page to Alabama. We're going to take one last look at this Missouri game, though. We'll talk a little bit about Razorback basketball as well. It's just going to be me and you answering your questions. All that and more on Hogsports Live. Before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already and share it with somebody you think might like it. Also available on YouTube. Give us a like on that page and share the video with others if you think they might like it. And hit the notifications bell after you subscribe so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also on Apple Podcasts, throw us that five-star rating and leave a review so others can know what to expect of the show. Also available anywhere else you find podcasts. All right. The Missouri game is in the books. A disappointing finish, obviously. The fourth quarter, Arkansas gave up 292 yards. This is the one and 27 points. This is the game that stings the most, I think. You know, when we talked about early in the season, if everything fell right, if everything – you couldn't believe how perfectly everything went. A team had a starting quarterback out. Just uh, Arkansas got a ton of turnovers, something like that. Just everything was lucky in Arkansas's favor. Then they were going to win four games. And the games that they had a chance to win were this one, Missouri, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. And they beat three of those teams. And they could have won this one. It's just the way the fourth quarter – and ask Sam Pittman, you know, after going back and watching the video, what happened? And basically, he says they got out physical. There's no, like, excuse of, you know, this happened or that happened. They got out physical. Now, there were some some game-changing moments, obviously. The uh, the personal foul penalty on Joe Fouché. You can't cross your arms at your own sideline for one and a half seconds. Now, this is something – now, people have said, like, it's a selfish – like, it's not – that happens, like, 25, 30 times a game. After a half-decent play, somebody does something. You can't can – you, can you wave your arms back and forth, you know? Like, you can like it or not like it, but if you're going to call something like that, not standing over anybody, not taunting anybody, but if you're going to call something like that, then it ha- you have to call it, like, 25 other times in the game. So when that happened, then later Grant Morgan went down with the with the knee injury, and we'll see. He's not going to practice today. We don't know on Felipe Franks if he's going to be available for Alabama either. But uh, when that went when that happened, everything just kind of changed for Arkansas on defense. They ended up giving up a field goal, and then what twenty four more points after that in the fourth quarter. So that was a big moment for Arkansas. But the bottom line is one player can't make that big of a difference for you. You know if if that's the case, then Arkansas is in, in a lot of trouble. Um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of Missouri fans come after me, like, because I have said that, you know, Arkansas is a better program, and they are historically. They're a better program. They haven't been recently, obviously. That's obvious. Like, I say that Arkansas is a better program, and I list the reasons why, and people come back at me like, well, if Arkansas is such a better program, how come they Missouri's won five of the last five, you know? And that's the point I'm trying to make. That's what's the frustrating part <laughs> because I'm just stating facts here. I'm not, like, trying to slam Missouri, and, they, and they've won five in a row, and, and all credit due. Congratulations. To me, that shouldn't be happening. You shouldn't be losing five games in a row to Missouri. Again, when you, when you look at recruiting, 
Arkansas out recruits Missouri annually. There's not a re- there's not a player on Missouri's roster outside the state of Missouri that picked Missouri over Arkansas that I'm aware of. I don't think there's any of the, the kids from Arkansas that are on Missouri's roster. Arkansas didn't offer. Um, when you look at, at finances, money, Arkansas has more. Arkansas spends more on recruiting facilities. Arkansas is better. Missouri just did a $98 million upgrade on their stadium and they should, I mean, it needed an upgrade. Arkansas stadium was nicer than Missouri's was before. And Arkansas did a $160 million upgrade. Um, I can keep going down the line facilities, better fan support, better history, all of that stuff. That's why it's frustrating that Arkansas has lost five in a row to Missouri. I don't mean to say like Missouri's bad and, you know, I'm not saying that, but like Arkansas should not be losing five in a row to Missouri. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm not trying to like slam Missouri. They've obviously won five in a row. Somebody said, let that slap you in the face. That's I literally said that in my walk and talk. I don't know why that would slap me in the face. Anyway, all credit Missouri. Yes. But Arkansas is also closer to Texas, you know, and that's one of the, like, they don't have an advantage like that against many teams, but they're closer to Dallas. I mean, there's like, there's a lot of things that point to Arkansas being better or at least equal. Let's just say equal. Let's just say an equal program. They shouldn't be losing five in a row. But as we know, this is the worst historical stretch in University of Arkansas history that we've been witnessing. You know, these past eight years have been – it's never been as bad. And Missouri's been strong as a program the last 20, you know, especially since Pinkle got there. But before that, you go 20 years before Pinkle, they've got one eight-win season. I mean, it's not like – it's it's not that impressive. I mean, so Missouri fan, I'm not like coming at you. This show is for Razorback fans, first of all, but I'm not like trying to downgrade. All I'm talking about is to Razorback fans why this shouldn't be happening. And I think things are moving in the right direction there, but – it, that was a that was a disappointing one because they they absolutely could have won the game in the way the fourth quarter. I mean, you're up two scores in the fourth quarter and you let it just just slip away and and mainly because the defense was was just atrocious. Uh, let's let's look real quick. They scored on each of their last five possessions. One of them was a carryover from the the third quarter, including the 32 yard field goal as time expired. Connor Bazelak was eight of eleven for 150 yards and they had 142 rushing yards on 10 carries. 27 fourth quarter points, that means they scored 23 in the first three quarters. It was a total collapse, total meltdown. Now, I've heard some stuff like um, – actually, I know, but like uh, some of the players are sick, maybe like food poisoning type stuff the night before. Uh, from what I heard, it's like more on the offensive side of the ball anyway. I'm not trying to like make any kind of excuse for them. I'm just saying there was a lot of players. Like Traylon Burks was one of the players I heard was was sick. Uh you know, he had 200 <laughs> receiving yards or something. So, that's not what I mean. I'm just like I'm just pointing that out. Unfortunate timing for Arkansas. So, I still think that things are with this program are headed in the right direction. I mean, I can see it with the way – I mean, just the way they play and just the way they fight for their coach. That's what – that's why I think maybe this one stings a little bit more. And that's good because before it's very apathetic. Uh, when Arkansas is lost. And this one actually stings because there was a lot on the line. You know, you had an opportunity. I mean, let's talk about what all's on the line. This is why Missouri has the opportunity to gloat right now, and they should. They spoiled Barry Odom's return story. I mean, this was supposed to be, look what you fired, look what you missed out on, you know, and you allow 653 yards. There's not a single – whether long-term – 
you can look back on this and say, well, maybe that was a mistake. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the future. But right now, there's not a single Missouri fan going, oh, I regret that decision. Regret that we let Barry Odom go. And that's, that's you know, that's what makes it, you know, sting a little bit more. It's like a multifold sting for that one. This is developing into a rivalry, no matter what people want to say. You know, I, I kind of think of it a little bit as the Missouri, or excuse me, the, the Ole Miss-Mississippi State rivalry where Ole Miss fans are just kind of like, yeah, you're just more more annoying than anything. We view LSU as our rival. You know, and I think that's kind of how Arkansas fans view Missouri. So what way to change that is keep losing to them when you feel a sense of superiority. There's also been a lot of discussion like on the razor's edge about, you know, Arkansas. I, I get the feeling like Arkansas fans feel like they're missing out on something because they don't have a, a symbiotic rivalry game with somebody where like they're, they say Arkansas is their chief rival and Arkansas says they're the chief rival. But most schools don't have that. Like I just mentioned with Ole Miss, some people may disagree with that. Most of the Ole Miss people that I know that I talk to, you know, they say that LSU is the team that they want to beat most. That's the rival. Um, Missouri, Mississippi State is just kind of like a – Annoyance, as I was saying. Um, but who has that in the SEC? Like Auburn, Alabama, they have it. But who else? I mean, would you say Georgia, Florida, or would you say Florida, Florida State? Would they view that as their top rival? Um, you know, Georgia, Auburn. Auburn doesn't view Georgia as their top rival. They definitely dislike and hate them. It's a great rivalry. It's the oldest rivalry in the South. And there's a lot of great rivalries like that. I don't mean to say, like, there's not great rivalries. And Arkansas has rivals. I'm just saying that you're our rival – you're our rival type of relationship. Who else has that? Tennessee would probably say Alabama, not Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt would say Tennessee. Who's LSU saying? I don't think. I think they're probably saying Alabama right now too. Who's Texas A&M saying? Probably Texas. Texas would probably say OU. Arkansas might have said Texas in the past. I'm not sure who Arkansas is saying. Some people would say Auburn. Some people would say Ole Miss. Texas A&M certainly. I mean, that's probably Arkansas's best opportunity to actually have a real rival that they could have set up for rivalry week, but they decided to try to manufacture an LSU rivalry and a Missouri rivalry with Arkansas. So that's all I'm saying. There's not a whole lot of those across college football. USC, UCLA, Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, there's – there's some throughout football, but there's not. I just don't think there's a whole lot of them, you know. So, I don't know. I just kind of get the feeling like Arkansas fan. That's always a discussion that we have, like who's Arkansas's chief rival. But this one, this one definitely stings because this was a this was a real opportunity. I mean, if, like if you think about it, if they could have won this one. These were all games that were scheduled for them in the SEC. You know, they they weren't scheduled to play. Florida and Georgia, both teams that they lost to. They most likely would have beaten the three non-conference teams outside of Notre Dame. You know, I think they probably would be 6-6 six and six right now. Yeah, I'm chalking up Alabama to a loss. I'm sorry. Uh, but they would probably be 6-6. Six and six. But if they'd won that Missouri game, you know, 7-5, and five, with a chance to win a bowl game. That's a miraculous turnaround. Like, if they, if Arkansas had played the non-conference games, everybody would say Sam Pittman was coach of the year. But they're not, so it's probably going to be Eli Drinkwitz or Nick Saban. I think Nick Saban has a great case for it. Hell, Dan Mullen has a heck of a case for it. Dan Mullen, Nick Saban, Drinkwitz, they all have a strong case for SEC coach of the year. I just don't think it's going to be Pittman now, even though the last three years they have 
tripled the number of wins in one season that Arkansas has had in the SEC. K.J. Jefferson's got to give – K.J. was catching a lot of heat for just not, not coming in and just being – you know, just blowing the doors off of him on the first series. Like the amount of like – People want to go to the next guy. It's amazing how much people want to go. Like, whoever – Lucas Coley comes in next year, everybody's going to want to go to him. Uh, KJ shut him up pretty quickly, though. Really solid showing for him, I thought. You know, he didn't ha- – he, he still is erratic at times. Like, every once in a while he'll throw one and you're just like, whoa. You know, or throw one just like really nose down bullet on a short pass or throw one seven yards out of bounds. But I really think a lot of that is still stemming from him having to correct his throwing motion. We've talked about it. You know, he, he came here with a hitch and his throwing motion. He's worked it out. But I, – and I think he's added a lot of velocity, you know, by uh, by fixing his throwing motion. But – and I, I think it's a lot better than it was last year because I'd noticed it a lot in practice where he just like – just sail one way over a guy. Um, and he, did, he, he didn't do that very often Saturday, but he did it a couple times. I think he's just getting better and better. The thing with KJ and the the reason that KJ was a four-star recruit coming out of high school wasn't because he just came in ready to go. It was because people saw a high level of upside with him. He's a big, big kid, strong, very good straight-ahead runner, too. He's not a guy that's going to juke you a lot, but he can move a pile, as we saw. Um, He runs faster than you think. He's a strider, and he's got a really good arm. Really good side. He's got a lot of upside. He's not one of these quarterback camp guys that grew up with a guy, you know, attached to his hip that was instructing him all along the way. You know, he came in raw with an upside. Going to be an interesting quarterback battle in the future. But I think as a Razorback fan, you probably have to feel a little bit better about the position. Ten catches for 206 yards and a touchdown. Three rushes for 14 yards for Traylon Burks. Thank you. I mean, they did. Arkansas did what they had to do on offense, and they're still, you know, limited a little bit. I mean, if you think about it, and by the way, congrats to Myron Cunningham was voted team captain. His parents were there to watch him play for the first time in a college game on Saturday. But when you think about it, Arkansas has had been without their first two guys at right, you know, at right tackle and right guard, and also lost Dalton Wagner for a little bit Saturday. Uh, their preseason All ACC running backs gone. And, and uh, Rakeem Boyd, they didn't have Felipe Franks, and they probably had their best day on offense. They did. They had their best day on offense. They still scored four, 15 points in the fourth quarter. You score 15 points in the fourth quarter, you're like, yeah. You know, I mean, if I told you, like, going in that you're going to have a two-score lead going into the fourth and you're also going to score 15 points, what would you tell me the outcome's going to be? So the offense did what they needed to do. They do need to start stronger coming out of the half and with the game. I can certainly understand why they came out of the game slow. That being KJ's first start of the season. But Traylon Smith had 172 yards, 26 carries, three touchdowns. First time since 2016 by Raleigh Williams. That's been done. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. 
and it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Special teams still stink. You miss two extra points. You lose by two points, you miss two extra points. I mean, I don't have to say much more than that. But special teams have just been – and one kick block. What have you had – I mean, like – You've had two punts blocked. You've had a field goal blocked. You've had two extra points, four extra points total missed. You've had an extra point block, but four missed total. You know, Reed Bauer did well, forty-one point four yards per punt on five attempts. But that's you know that's kind of what you're supposed to do. It's not like you get a special trophy for doing everything you're supposed to do. And he did. But maybe that's why I didn't get mentioned a lot. Doing what you're supposed to do. Nothing, nothing like dramatically exceptional. They had the um, 20-yard run by Jack Lindsay. That was definitely redeeming feeling, obviously. Uh, Nathan Perotti had a seven-yard kickoff return to the 11-yard line. That was definitely um, not pretty. So special teams still are an issue. They've been an issue for most games. And, like, think about it like this, too. Like, we can talk about all these little issues, but, like, games that Arkansas has lost – that they, they very easily could have won. Uh, this Missouri game, they lost by a field goal. They lost by two points, but they lost on a field goal. The LSU game, you remember how that one lost? It was lost a 44-yard field goal attempt by Arkansas, blocked. Again, decided by a kicker. The Auburn game, definitely the referees played a hand in that by, you know, not ruling it a fumble and then not ruling it an immediate recovery. But the game was ultimately lost on a kick. A field goal. Arkansas has lost three games by a total of seven points this year. I mean, I don't mean to say not bad, but, I mean, like, obviously you'd like to win those, but that's a lot different than it was in the past. I mean, I think back to 2018 when Arkansas went up there and it was cold and it was rainy and Arkansas just didn't want to be there. It was Chad Morris's last game of his first year, the last time he coached there. And Arkansas lost 38 nothing, Just, a, just a, a terrible effort. They didn't want to be there. It looked like they didn't want to be there.
Yep. This, I mean, this fell apart in the fourth quarter. That's that's the bottom line. But they often, I mean, also consider like going into this game, Missouri had the third ranked defense in the SEC, giving up 350 yards a game. Arkansas and Alabama turning the page. Number one ranked Crimson Tide. Arkansas has not beaten these guys since 07. I think that game was overturned. Is that one overturned? Anyway, they should have won that one. That's the one where Darren McFadden had to come out. But that's the last time Arkansas has beaten Alabama was 2006, I guess. They've never beaten them under Nick Saban. Alabama's 9-0. This one's 11 o'clock on ESPN in Fayetteville, the last game in Fayetteville. It's senior day. Every senior will participate in senior day who's who's playing. Some of them just might not might have another senior day. You know, they might do it again next year. It depends on how who decides to come back. And they haven't really talked about that a whole, whole lot. Just, you know, briefly brushed on it here and there. Hey, you might be nice to have come back next year. Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, and a whole lot of really, really highly recruited guys. Now, as I mentioned, Felipe Franks may or may not play. They'll know a little bit more about him today. They haven't seen him. Uh, Grant Morgan won't practice today. They may have him back. But regardless, I think we're going to see KJ no matter what. I mean, Felipe, is, this is what Pittman said, Felipe has earned the right to start. KJ's earned the right to play. Pittman, actually, the first time he faced Alabama was 2003 when he was at Northern Illinois. Do you remember that game? 2003, Northern Illinois, 1916, NIU won. They also beat Maryland, Iowa State that year. So, they had a pretty good team. But Pittman has has beaten them, you know, back when they were not supposed to win and not, not really expected to have a chance. But Pittman, you know, basically just said they out-physicaled them um, against uh, Missouri. And, and, I mean, that's going to happen against Alabama. That's The thing with Alabama, that's the way Alabama beats you is, like, you, you think you're playing well, you think you're hanging in there, and then suddenly you're down by four scores. And how does it happen? It's just they, they just lean on you. they just leaning on you the whole time. And the fourth quarter is when the best team shines, and that's where Alabama shines, and they make you pay. We talk about that all season long, how important it is, and Arkansas has done a great job at that, how important it is for Arkansas to capitalize on mistakes the opponent makes. Alabama has been the kings of that. They're the kings of the slow death, like I've just mentioned. They just lean on you, lean on you, you think you're there, and then suddenly you're down by four scores. Um, they're the kings of the slow death, and they're the kings of making you pay. Every time you make a mistake, Alabama's like in the end zone with an interception or a scoop and score, stuff like that. They are going to make you pay. Well, if you're going to get a real measuring stick of where you are as a program since last year, you might as well go play the number one team in a country. Sam Pittman. They're excited about playing Alabama. They want to see where they stand. Okay, where are we at? So just to look at Alabama, scoring offense number one in the SEC, 49.2 points per game. Rushing offense. 
fourth in the SEC, 187.2 yards a game. Passing offense, two in the SEC, 361.1 yards a game. Total offense, 548.3 yards per game, only behind Mississippi, second in the SEC. Mac Jones, Heisman candidate, is 193 of 255 passing, which is 75.7% leads the SEC, 3,113 yards, 27 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's got a 210 passer rating. Wow. 345.9 yards per game. Najee Harris is leading the SEC in rushing at 115.3 yards per game. He's got 169 carries, 1,038 yards, 6.14 yards per carry, 20 touchdowns. And then Devontae Smith, wide receiver, 80 receptions, 1,305 yards, which leads the, country, leads the SEC, 16.3 yards per catch, 15 touchdown receptions, 145 yards per game. They got some studs, obviously. Everybody, I mean, it's just like, you know, new numbers, new faces, same results. Brandon Allen was injured against the Dolphins. So, Brandon Allen's been starting for Cincinnati since Joe Burrow got knocked out towards ACL. But uh, he had some kind of chest injury and had to come out. Hopefully, he's okay. Brandon Allen is stuck in the NFL. He was a 2016 draft pick, right? So, this is his fifth year in the NFL. He has a few starts under his belt. I mean, who would have thought out of – I mean, like, some people would have thought that. I mean, Bobby Petrino thought that Brandon Allen was going to be the best quarterback of the bunch. But, you know, with Ryan Mallett, Tyler Wilson, Brandon Allen, I think most people thought, you know – it would be in, in order, Ryan Mallett, Tyler Wilson, Brandon Allen, in terms of who would have most success on the next level. But really, I mean, it's probably been Allen. I mean, he's definitely stuck the longest. Mallett may have more start. May have, Mallett may have a, a couple more starts here and there or something through his career. But I think, I think Brandon has either matched him in longevity or passed him. Bowl projections right now. So Arkansas is back in the Music City now. Last time they had him in the Outback face, facing, I think, Indiana. Now they've got him back in the Music City Bowl facing Iowa. The last time those teams played was 1925. So 95 years ago was the last time Arkansas played Iowa. That would be that would be fun. And I think a lot of people kind of consider those two programs similar in a lot of ways, not in terms of like success, because Iowa's had more success recently than Arkansas has, but. Maybe a lot of ways they're kind of similar. Switching over to Razorback basketball, Arkansas went in 86-50 against Lipscomb. I think that Arkansas has got a really good team. Now, I think they're still experimenting, still figuring some things out. I want to mention this. I forgot to. I wanted to mention this at the beginning, but we have a new show. It's called Hog Hoops Live. It's hosted by Curtis Wilkerson. Some of you guys may have caught the first episode. We had a couple of technical difficulties. The microphone wasn't, for some reason, registering, uh, and it was computer audio, and there's no way to know that till the end. But um, a couple of technical things, but the content was fantastic. Curtis does a great job covering Razorback basketball. His, his knowledge of everything, I mean, really shines through. So uh, that's going to come up on this Facebook page. It'll come up on a different YouTube channel. I'll link it right up here. So it'll be on a, a different YouTube channel. Um, 
but it'll be on the same podcast on on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. All that stuff will come through the same. Facebook, it'll come through the same. It'll just say Hog Hoops Live on the podcast. We'll put HHL for a little bit while people still get used to it. But uh, I think it's going to be a great addition to the show. I'll continue to talk some basketball, mainly football, but I'll continue to talk some basketball, and we're going to let Curtis Wilkerson take it away with Razorback Hoops. I think you guys are really going to enjoy the show. Hog Hoops Live, H-A-W-G. Hoops Live, the sister show to Hog Sports Live. So Arkansas went in 86-50. Who's the best player for Arkansas? Is it Jalen Tate? Is it Moses Moody? I think it might be Connor Vanover. It may be Moody eventually, but right now I think it's Vanover. What did he do in the game? He he barely – I mean, he, he doesn't play a whole lot. So Vanover – Played 15 minutes. He had six points. He still had nine rebounds and four block shots and a steal and an assist. No turnovers. 15 minutes, six points, nine rebounds, four block shots, one assist, one steal. I mean, he he, he really changes a lot. He got a little cold from three. He knocked down his first two three-pointers and then – I mean, it wasn't like he missed them bad. I think they were all kind of hard off the back iron, which I kind of think of him. You know, he's a guy with like what a, he's got like a nine, five, nine and a half foot standing reach. So I think of him like if he jumps just a little bit, he's almost like shooting down at the basket. By the way, I had this thought with some some friends of mine. This is just really off topic. I like I like to play basketball. Like I'm Curtis's basketball expert, but I love playing basketball. I actually coach my girls' um, second grade team. You know, it's one of my favorite things. But there's a discussion that I have. I always feel like the best way to shoot a basketball is with your index finger. And I used to shoot it like that with the two, and then I started doing that, and I noticed like when it does roll off this finger perfectly, it's going in. Anyway, there's, you know, some people shoot with this finger, some people shoot with this finger, and some people shoot with these two fingers. What do you guys think is the best? Leave it in your comments below what best way you think is to shoot the basketball. I just feel like, I don't know what it is about that. That just feels right to me. Maybe it's just a personal choice, I think. You know, I think Steph Curry may be a middle finger guy. I think Jordan was a two-finger guy. I'm not sure what, like, Larry Bird was or anything. I think Dirk Nowitzki, I've just seen him on the throw down, like, if, you know, you want that finger down, and I think Dirk does it like that. But I think Arkansas has a chance to be really good. I think most Arkansas fans see that. I think that maybe through limited exposure that we've had with, you know, COVID and all that stuff, uh, with so many new faces on the team that it's maybe a lot of national people aren't quite catching on yet. But you don't just come out and score the second most points in program history. That doesn't, to me, doesn't just, just happen. I think it's a really good sign of what they're capable of. I think we've seen a lot of experimenting. We've seen, I mean, they haven't been perfect. I think they're still finding their way. There's some, you know, Note, you know, maybe shoots a little bit too much at times, but I think he's he's more athletic than I even thought he was going to be. I think he's going to be a guy that's really going to bring it once he settles in. Uh, I think Vanover's just a huge difference maker, a guy that 
nobody is really going to have a strong answer for. And Curtis talks about, you know, them dragging him out on ball screens and stuff like that. You know, they're trying to figure out what's – I just think you got to have him out there and just de- kind of deal with it. I think he can make up for a lot of stuff. Like we mentioned four block shots. How many did he alter? He's a big addition. These guys can shoot. Justin Smith can soar. He had six rebounds. He's going to – 9.6 rebounds in 18 minutes, you know, for Justin Smith, a block shot. You know, he's a guy that I think is kind of going to – he doesn't look like a guy that, like, says a whole lot, but he's a guy that I think quietly is going to do really well. He can shoot. He may not be, like, the premier shooter on the team, but he can shoot. Desi can shoot. He didn't have a great game. But Desi brings that strong energy. I mean, he's a smaller guy, four rebounds still in 13 minutes, six points. Moody can shoot. Moody can pretty much do it all. Really strong free throw shooter. Eight rebounds in addition to 18 points in 24 minutes. I think he definitely had the best game overall Saturday and played a little bit more. But, you know, Moody can shoot. Jalen Tate's shown he can shoot. Looks to be pretty solid as a free throw shooter. Defender, we know he's solid. Long, 6'6 guy. I mean, I love that you're short and you're still tall. Like, let's go with our short lineup. You're still tall. Vanover, we know, can shoot. We know Note can shoot. Vance Jackson can shoot. He was 2 of 7 from 3. But he can shoot. And he's tall and long, 6'9". KK can shoot. Devo can shoot. I mean, we've seen um, – um, who I'm forgetting. Jalen Williams, we've seen him. He can shoot. He can shoot threes. I mean, like everybody can shoot. You've got guys that can play above the rim. Got guys that can rebound. I mean, they're killing teams on the board. When have you said that about an Arkansas team? It's going to be real interesting to see what happens when SEC play starts. Obviously, the the Tulsa game's canceled. We'll find out what happens with maybe another team. Maybe I've heard SMU, ULR. We know that they've at least been in contact. Darrell Walker said he was going to text him. Text must. Who knows what will happen. But Wednesday right now, there's no game Wednesday. I'd love to see that change. Razorback basketball is going to be fun. That's what another thing that just kind of stinks about this virus is you can't have but a few thousand people in Bud Walton Arena. What is it, like 4,000, I think, max? Can't have a lot of people in there. The environment's not going to be the same. The energy's not going to be the same. Man, think about how wild it could be this season. They've got a really good team. Like, last year was my favorite. Last year was my favorite Razorback team to cover. I'd give it the edge over 13-14, Portis, Qualls. Even though, like, I don't know. like I don't know. Just the personalities on the team and the fact that it was just kind of a, not like bad news bears, but kind of like, you know, like, they're going to be short, you know. They're going to be shorter than everybody. We don't know who the go-to guys. And you watch the evolution of uh, Mason Jones, you know, uh, just this, all the stuff that they had to overcome, you know, big shots at the end of games. The, I mean, it was just it was a fun team to cover, fun team to watch. Even though they weren't Arkansas's most talented team ever, but they exceeded expectation, and I think there's always going to be a level of appreciation for this. This team right here maybe has a chance to be – that for different reasons. We're not going to get, like, the insight into the personalities. It's a lot different interviewing somebody versus doing it on a Zoom call, right? So we're not going to get that same level of intimacy that we had, you know, with a guy like, you know, with Mason or, you know, Isaiah or Desi or some of those guys, um, Adrio. We're not going to get that same feeling. But 
there's plenty of room for it to make up in other areas because they have a chance to be really, really solid. Anyway, Hawk Hoops Live will show weekly. I'm thinking we'll either do the show like after the midweek game, like the following day. So maybe one day it'll be Wednesday. Maybe one day it'll be Thursday. Either that or we're just thinking about keeping it on Thursday. If you got a suggestion on that, let me know below. Uh, after football season, probably start, you know, probably do this more like one week, probably Hog, Hog Sports Live, probably on Mondays after football season, uh, maybe with a special show here and there. Uh, and then we'll, you know, We'll have Curtis's show at least weekly. But let me know what you think on, on when it should be. It's a it's a similar setup. You know, obviously he's going to bring his own personality and everything, but we've been getting the same mic. So it's a, it'll be a similar setup. All right, let's hop over, see if we've got any questions here. I'm going to go to the bottom first. Desi is still going to have a huge impact, just hasn't broken out yet. Yeah, I mean, Desi, bring, the, the energy that he brings and leadership, I mean, you can't really measure that, David. David also says, what record do you think the football team should have next year to show that we are moving in the right direction? It's a good question. Let's see. Let's see what the football schedule is next year. That'll be fun. Rice, W. Texas will be interesting. Will Tom Herman be there? Will he not? It's in Fayetteville. This is just for fun. Give him a win. Why not? Georgia Southern. Oh, let's just hold it. We'll hold it over here. So Rice, Georgia Southern, UAB. Is that everybody for the non-conference? Yeah. Okay, so those three, I think you got three non-conference wins there. And then you've got Texas as a possibility. Okay, so then you've got Texas A&M, Missouri. Let's talk about the winnable ones. Texas A&M will be breaking in a new quarterback. That'll be notable. So will Arkansas, although KJ's played a little bit. I guess Kellen Mond could come back. I mean, that's a big part of it, too. Like, who comes back and who doesn't? Right? You get Mississippi State and Fayetteville. You get Missouri and Little Rock. Who else is in Fayetteville? Auburn's in Fayetteville. That could be an interesting one. Yeah, you just get the three Fayetteville, the three home games because you play Texas A&M, but you get Texas at home. So, I mean, getting three wins again in your three non-conference I mean, that's six. I guess you wouldn't say that's like a huge step forward or anything if you just said six. So, I guess they would have to win four to say it's like this big step forward, maybe. Or a decent or continuing step forward. It's hard to say. I mean, you don't know who's coming back next year. Let's see who comes back for Arkansas and the opponents. What do you think it is that makes special teams struggle? I noticed on the block PAT, our line didn't even stand up to block, says Tyler Tober. I don't know, but they have been awful all year. It is the inconsistency. I think it's possibly moving guys in and out. That's kind of what they've suggested. It could just be that AJ's, you know, just not kicking it that well. I, don't, I didn't notice anything with the snap or the hold, really. 
Another question of why they gave us Georgia this year, knowing we play them next year, because they don't care. They don't care about what Arkansas has. Is Clark the best option we have at cornerback? Gets beat too often, I think. He has struggled. There's no question he gets beat more than like Monteric does. Um, you know, even on plays where they don't complete. But I, I guess he's the best option there. I mean, let's not forget what Hudson Clark did for Arkansas in the Ole Miss game. I mean, I'm not sure that they win that game without Hudson Clark. All right? So, now moving forward, is he a starting cornerback at Arkansas? I don't know. But I think that they've, you know, obviously been hit pretty good with, you know, they had um, Jerry Jacobs opted out, Jarquez McClellan opted out. You know, those are two guys that are one-two at cornerback for you. Um, Devin Bush has had a shoulder issue. So, you know, they've had some injury issues there too. But Pittman says he feels strong about cornerback for the future. I think Clark might be a guy you look at maybe at safety in the future, maybe as the the hybrid outside linebacker safety guy that, that Greg Brooks plays. I think Must should utilize two platoons, maybe. I, I mean, I think he's going to experiment a lot, but – Ultimately, when it all comes down to it, he's going to go with eight guys. Even when KK doesn't make it, his shot looks like he's going – it's going in every time. He has a pretty shot. Threw the ball well, took a minute. You know, like really like that first – that second drive, they went three and out. And that second drive that they had, you know, he ran the ball like for like what – 30-something yards, I guess. He had like seven carries, it seemed like. He had a lot of carries that first drive. And it's like that may be what it took, you know, to get him going. Sometimes they said that with quarterbacks. You know, you almost need that first shot. Take that first hit or get a good run or something, something to get you your juices flowing a little bit. Les Reisner says, can you imagine Connor in a couple years with another 30 pounds on that frame? Yeah. Can you imagine, like, how much he has to eat? We had to talk about this on the Razor's Edge Forum. It's like how like playing basketball and all the, you know, calories you burn doing that, practicing that every day, playing the game, plus being younger, you know, and obviously probably having high metabolism. Like how much food you have to eat? Like that's somebody was saying they they had to get up in the middle of the night. Somebody else on our board who's seven foot tall said they had to get up in the middle of the night and eat a bunch of stuff. But I imagine you got to put away some calories to to add any weight. Especially, you know, being that size, first of all, the amount of calories that you need. I mean, girls beat Baylor. Absolutely, NP Rich. Congratulations, uh, uh, the lady, right? What are you, you're not lady backs anymore, just the, the women's back, women, Razorback women, I guess. Isn't that what you call them? Number four, Baylor. That's a huge win for that program. Congratulations. Hope Must finds a replacement game for Wednesday or Thursday this week. Absolutely, that would be nice. I guess we find out pretty quick, probably by today, if we're gonna if anything's gonna happen. Les Reisner says, I took some heat over the Mizzou loss. Two nephews played golf there. My brother lives in Missouri. I'm just hoping my heart heals by Christmas. Is Clark the best option at cornerback? We I'd have read that one, I guess. Uh, Isaac Riley says, appreciate the content and everyone's heart at the Razorbacks here at Hog Sports. Thank you, Isaac. Do we have any extra love for bowl selection based on what should be an asterisk or two? That's a good point. I don't know if there will be any love or not, but, I mean, if they can make the Music City Bowl this year, I think that would be pretty solid. 
Uh, Scott Varner says, what happened to Bush? Bush has shoulder issue. Drew McDonald says, what are the chances we get a new special teams coach next year? Like I said, I mean, I'm willing to give – I mean, I'm disappointed as anybody in the way special teams have played. I mean, they've cost them. They have cost them this year. Scott Fountain has a great reputation as a special teams coach, though. So I'm willing to, like, let's see what happens next year kind of deal. And he's also a hell of a recruiter. He is a really strong recruiter, people. Like, in the top ten national defense, or national recruiter of the year. So let's not let that just go to the wayside. But there's nobody that's pleased with special teams. And I would assume Scott Fountain probably leads that pack. Billy D. Wilkerson says defense needs serious help. It's unfortunate that, like, special teams would continue to be bad. Defense would play their worst game of the season. And maybe you say it's against Florida. I think it was this one. Florida has a lot more power, manpower. But defense plays their worst game of the season, and Arkansas's offense plays their best game. But they need some help on defense. I mean, they, they got to continue to recruit depth, got to continue to get bigger. I think they got gassed a little bit at the end. Jason Brown says, so proud of these hogs. This is the same talent we had last year. Absolutely, don't let that be forgotten. Again, don't let it be forgotten that when we talked about this, this season, that four games was the ceiling. Okay, and they almost got it and almost got six. At the same time, they could only have one game, you know, one win this season. They only really beat Ole Miss convincingly. Nice to have KJ when it comes to those fourth and shorts, yes. It's nice to see a quarterback under center. I prefer that. I think it's also this game shows a lot of ways, like how important that first first down is, how different the offense is. I still like to watch football played slower, teams huddle, defense huddle, offense huddle. This is what we're going to do. This is what you're going to do. We're going to do some more complicated stuff versus like hurry up. I'm just, just not as, as big a fan of that. I think there are other things that – we see as a negative byproduct of that. First of all, there are times where the camera can't even keep up. They, like there was a time where two times in the game Saturday where you didn't see the beginning of the play because they they hadn't caught up to it because Arkansas had gone so fast. Um, so there's that negative aspect of it. One, uh, you don't get a chance to see replays. And if they show a replay on TV, it's like, it's like they'll show a split screen a lot of times. Like, so you've got your new 70-inch television, and we're going to show a replay right here. Got an alarm going off. We're going to show a replay right here, and then over here we're going to show the upcoming play, so you basically get half your TV. Um, fake injuries. That was a big thing. And let's make no mistake here. I believe that there were fakes, okay? And I hate having to say that about players who may or may not be injured. I don't like when a player goes down because of an injury and the fans start booing because he's maybe faked an injury because Arkansas is trying to hurry up and go. The whole So much of the offense is predicated on getting that first down, hurrying up, running the next play, and you've got guys injured, maybe. Who knows? It certainly seems like it's not that bad an injury. They come back. They come right back into the game. So, you know, even Pittman said there's he doesn't think that's within the integrity of the game, the way that was done. And we've seen it all the time. I mean, we saw – the first time I can really remember it, like, against Arkansas, like when Arkansas was playing Auburn and the Auburn player just went down, you know, because they were confused on defense or something. So, to me, that's another negative byproduct of, you know, the rules benefiting a hurry-up type of offense. 
players get injured, people boo, or players faking injuries. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can't be like, you're faking an injury, here's a penalty flag. You know, you can't you can't do that. You don't know. You're not a doctor. Definitely need to get the depth up. All right, everybody. How long are we going? We've done it. Okay, I want to thank everybody for their questions. Appreciate everybody joining us. And, um, yeah, it's Alabama week. Be sure to look out for Hog Hoops Live. That will be coming Wednesday or Thursday, I guess. We'll see what happens with um, we'll see what happens with the basketball game midweek, but um, we will be running Hog Hoops Live one day, probably Wednesday this week. Anyway, appreciate everybody for joining me. We'll see you guys on Thursday, I guess. It's been Trey with HogSports.com. We'll catch you next time.